Before we get started, episode 24, we had some audio difficulties. They did not interrupt the show, but the quality is a little bit compromised compared to what we normally put out. But we hope you enjoy the show. We've got a fun one for tonight, and looking forward to talking some football with everybody. Football, baby! Welcome in! Losing still sucks, and it's episode 24. Dustin Blanton here along with Travis Masterson. We're coming at you once again following the end of week five, just shortly after the Monday night football game against or involving the Baltimore Ravens and the Indianapolis Colts. What a showdown it was. Travis comes right down to the wire. Lamar Jackson putting the team on his back and bringing them to the promised land. That was a fun game to watch. I could have used a Latavius Murray touchdown. Um, if you're going to ask me, uh, the health of a few of my fantasy squads was kind of hindering on his performance. There was a Tyson Williams signing, citing, not signing, um, but citing. He showed up to have a handful of carries, just enough to make it annoying, and the Ravens win. So. Way to go, Baltimore. That was a fun game, man. They pull it out just like Lamar does, man. He yeah, Monday night popping off. It was a way to end an NFL week. I, I got to say, there are definitely a few talking points for for this week to summarize everything up. I'm looking forward to talking them over with you. So let's just dive right into it, man. Some news right off the top. We just covered the, the Monday night game. We'll get into that as well. We're just going to touch on this really quick. Get it out of the way. John Gruden has stepped down as the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Not to go too much into depth, you've probably seen it all over really any sports media and or Twitter out there, but to touch on it here, he has been released. I'm sure they're going to go with some sort of interim coach. Not sure who that is as of yet. Status of that team is kind of up in the air. We will get into some ramifications as the season develops and see what the trends are in the usage of each player as a result. So taking that on the fly, let's move on. Some intrigue forms over Chris Carson. He had a turn in health. Maybe we're looking at a return this week. Just something to monitor as we approach the lead up to week six. Yeah, I don't know that Pete Carroll is the most trustworthy guy when it comes to coach speak, but... He did say that Chris Carson right. uh, had a good turn over the course of the weekend. And what does that even that mean? He, he, is that, yeah, I don't, is a that, good turn. Is that in, like, did he, yeah. did he specify it's football related? It's like, I actually was pulling into yeah. the facility behind him, and that man can Great operate turn. a motor vehicle. Like, at no one's business. Uh, the, the neck That's injury. a good point. We probably shouldn't, uh, shouldn't take too much from it. But right. hopefully he's back week six. He'll be driving the cart to pick up injured players in the coming weeks. So we can, we can rely on him there. Let's jump into the games. Let's hop right into that, that early game, that London game. Man, those... I loved it. It was a good game, even in London, you know? Even in London. A lot of, I, lo- I love the early game. I wish they had one every week. A lo- I wish they did, too. That was fun. I, I kept telling my girlfriend, man, we get to wait. I get to wake up 
at 8.30 in the morning. I set my alarm on the Sunday, and I get to I get to pick up my phone from my nightstand and immediately start watching a football game. No doubt. It was Jets and Falcons, so not exactly a barn burner, but it was a fun game to watch. Um, had Kyle Pitts. We knew that, or we kind of projected that he was going to have a big game, and yep. lo and behold, we'll you know let you cover that one. Uh, let me hop into some some Jets news though. A couple points. Michael Carter getting some work. Looks like he's starting to develop that that running back one. We've kind of been waiting a few weeks to see how this backfield would develop. He's getting the lion's share of carries. Looks like he's got ten carries. Didn't do a ton with him. You know, thirty eight yards, but he did get a touchdown. Salvaged the week for him. Got a few targets. Twenty yards receiving. So on an offense where it's going to be kind of up and down, you have a quarterback. I mean, they had an early round, you know, an early first round pick last year. So, you know, yeah. they're trying to rebuild that team. In my opinion, no one is going to be reliable, you know, on this team. As long as that you have a rookie quarterback bumps and bruises along the way, Corey Davis, you know, four for 45, not exactly a, a great game, but against a Falcons you know, weak secondary, you know, you kind of had to start him or at least flex him because in this kind of matchup, that's all you're hoping for. On the Falcons side, 21 more touches for Corderell Patterson. Even in London, the man is getting the ball all over the field. Kyle Pitts, like you said, huge day. He was your tight end start of the week. He definitely hit. If it was ever a time for him to really get it going, it would be when Calvin Ridley is not making the trip across the pond. My question for you, though, is what do we do with Mike Davis? With the use of Patterson and the effectiveness of Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley coming sure. back, does Davis, is, is his role reliable enough to start as a flex, or are you trying to trade, for, trade him for what you can get or staying away? What are you doing with Mike Davis here? Uh, you know, I was going to bring it. I, I, I should have brought him up at the end. Um, but he's a sell high for me. Uh, he had, you know, he had a touchdown. He had a decent amount of carries. He had one less than Corderell and, you know, he had a touchdown. So putting up, you know, 11 standard points, he, you know, got a couple of receptions, just a trash, uh, as far as the running back position goes, sell him. If you can show him, you know, yeah. try to talk him up. If you can attach him to another piece to try and upgrade, Yes, go do it. Huge advocate because you're basically selling him on the touchdown. Oh, absolutely. If he doesn't get that touchdown, you're not be, you're not gonna be able to sell. No, a hundred percent. You sell him on a high. This this is the game to do yeah. it. Hopefully, you can like I said, upgrade, and this is the time to do it. Falcons get it done though. Three forty two with two scores from Matt Ryan without Ridley there. You like to see that. So I think Ryan is going to be a, a valuable streamer as these bye weeks start to hit next week. For sure. Yeah, that, that's going to definitely be a point we're going to have to bring up as bye week coming up. Matt Ryan gets it done. Yeah, another fun game to watch, though, the Bengals and the Packers. That was awesome. Um, that, this was a fun game. A lot of drama at the end. A kicker thought he won the game. Mason Crosby missed five field goals. That was so My wild. Lord. Just incredible. The storylines that come out of any sort of NFL game on any given week. But I like what's happening with both of these teams. I like seeing it develop a little bit. Joe Burrow kind of up and down, throws a couple picks, throws a couple touchdowns. Um, but as far as the Packers go, 
Aaron Rodgers got it done. They made the mistake of giving him the ball with 30 seconds or so left, and that just wasn't enough. He tends to do that. Yeah, especially when you miss a field goal, you have to hit those because you're going to give him you know, an advantaged field position. You're essentially setting yourself up for that, that middle-of-the-field pass to Devontae Adams and then that spike and a fist pump you know, for, for him to, to bring Mason out, even though Mason missed the kick. It, it, <laughs> the Silver Fox. He's, oh, that's a good name for him. He's, uh, he's definitely fun to watch. Something else I picked up out of this game is the surprising passing usage for A.J. Dillon. He had only eight carries for 30 yards on the ground, but a surprising four targets and 50 through the air. He had a touchdown in the red zone. They kind of are starting to trust him down there as well. I guess, I mean, I guess we can touch on Devontae Adams for the Packers side as well. He absolutely eviscerated any pass defense for the Cincinnati Bengals going for 206 yards, 16 targets, Travis. That's the first 200-yard game of the year, I think, right? Yeah. Or did Tyreek do it already? I think he had 180 or so. Um, okay. But. Yeah, I, I wish I had more Adams in this man, one. Man, that is a. I don't think I have Adams anywhere, but you, these games are always possible. You, I don't really know that you can ever predict a 200 you know, yard game, right. but especially when you're getting you know, 15, 16 targets, it's absolutely possible. And the point I wanted to, to touch on as well uh, before we get to the Bengals is. What are what are your thoughts on this AJ Dillon usage? Is this something to uh, kind of pinpoint? Is it, is it something to focus on, or is this just kind of a flash in the pan? Do we think this is going to happen again? I would actually try to I would try to sell him, kind of like Mike Davis. I would try to sell him on the touchdown, um, and say that he has created a clear role in this offense for himself, or they have created it for him. And he will be reliable enough for you moving forward. I don't think that will be the case. I think the longer you go into the season, the closer you get to the playoffs, they're going to start fine-tuning who's getting these touches. And 14 carries for Aaron Jones, I think, is probably on the lower side that we're going to see. So I'm not, I'm not seeing a 12 to 15 touch um, as a weekly workload expectation for AJ Dillon. I would try to sell him. I'm not, I wasn't big on him before the year and you kind of have to wait for him to get in the end zone to have the value to return a, maybe a different RB two. So if you can do that, if you can move AJ Dillon in one for a Leonard Fournette, I think that's probably the move because he's, he's more of a guaranteed volume guy. That's an interesting point because I think he also has a little bit of standalone value. Uh, honestly, I like his upside as a, possible league winner if anything would happen to Jones so that I see your point if you're if you like handcuffs and both of us we you and I both if we had Aaron Jones we would definitely be trying to get Dylan over the back half of this year for sure yeah if you've got if you're just stashing him on your bench I wouldn't necessarily be in a huge hurry to trade him I mean AJ Dylan, he's he's if Aaron Jones were to and Aaron Jones has had an injury history so if Aaron Jones goes down AJ Dillon's gonna be a name the Cincinnati Bengals also played in this game, though, Travis. They've got some names, some fantasy-relevant yep. players, and some storylines to follow. Tell me about uh, what happened with you know Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Where are these guys at? Yeah, so Joe Mixon was not expected to play pretty much all week. Everybody, uh, fantasy industry-wide, was thinking Samaj P. Ryan's going to be the show. And 
while P Ryan still got his, um, left the game with a touchdown and over 60, 70 yards for P Ryan. So he had a good game, but Mixon was, it's kind of encouraging that he actually played in this game because what we saw last year with, um, Zach Taylor was he was always optimistic about Mixon coming back. And the coach speak was, he's going to be fine. We are looking to get him back in a week or two. And then he missed the last 10 games, I think. So with Mixon being a, a surprise active player, I think it's encouraging for his health going forward. He did not have any setbacks in the game. I, if you can buy low on Mixon, I probably would. I think he, with no setbacks, I think, I think he is a good buy low. I, I like the Cincinnati offense. We were expecting big things from them. We were actually a little hesitant, as were a lot of people with Jamar Chase, but he has had a heck of a year right now. He's wide receiver seven overall, so he's returning incredible value. Joe Burrow took a beating in this one. Seems to be fine. Yeah, that throat contusion off to the hospital. Whew. Yeah, he'll be all right. Uh, my question for the Bengals is, is Jamar Chase the only reliable receiver the rest of the way? I remember us talking about the Bengals as a team that had three guys you're, you're going to be interested in. But at this point, five weeks in, it's Jamar Chase. And I guess Boyd is a little bit of a distant second with Higgins not anywhere in the picture right now. Yeah, T. Higgins, I mean, still seeing seven targets, but only 32 yards on five receptions. That's, I, I obviously, Joe Burrow has found his favorite. You kind of had a feeling, you weren't sure it was going to happen this fast. It's only five games into the yeah. season, but yeah, it, it's hard to say, no, T. Higgins can still, you know, reclaim that role. I think that those days might be past us. T. Higgins isn't going to go away. He's not going to be irrelevant, but I don't think he's going to give you that fifth round upside that you, you were hoping for. Right. When you were drafting him right around that range. So to answer your question, I think Jamar Chase is the alpha here. Yeah. T. Higgins could be a wide receiver three uh, any given week. You know, this is going to be a high-powered offense. So, yeah, pass-heavy scripts. We're, it's still the same narratives, but, yeah, you're, you kind of have to lower your expectations now that we have, you know, about a third of the season done. You kind of know what you're getting. Granted, T. Right. Higgins, is, this was his first game back from missing a couple games with that shoulder injury, so I don't know how much that is affecting it. T. Higgins is still highly effective. So, not ready to, like, abandon ship. It just feels like, to me, though, it, it feels like Higgins and Boyd are going to be competing for the same type of targets. Yeah, they're outside targets. Whereas Jamar chases, yeah, whereas Jamar's, his targets are his own kind, which right. is the deep go route and... I don't feel like he he's ever going to be fighting for targets with those guys because yeah, they're just I, such different You know, if for all those people who bought low on Chase with all those rumors that he couldn't, he was afraid to catch the ball or couldn't figure it out or everything like that, way to go. You got yourself a, a heck of a player. But T. Higgins, I think brighter days are ahead. If you can buy super low on yep. T. Higgins, I would. You know, that's, that offense, that the upside in this offense, I think it's still going to be there for him. There are going to be better games. If you can buy him off of this game, go for it. The Lions and the Vikings also played here. Yep. This was an interesting game. Man, uh, let's, let's start off with, with the Vikings here um, because there are some things I want to I talk about with the Lions, but this game, back and forth, super tight game. You know, NFC North divisional game. A lot of fancy relevant players playing here. One player that didn't play, Dalvin Cook, but Madison had himself a game. How... how were the weapons looking in this game for Minnesota, Travis? 
Madison finally looked like the high value handcuff that I feel like we've been waiting for years for. Every Dalvin Cook owner has tried to scramble and get Madison because Dalvin likes to get up really slow when he gets tackled. <laughs> Every and, uh, single time. <laughs> he hobbles off and then he comes back in most of the time. So Madison has always been a coveted handcuff and it's never really worked out. But for whatever reason, it feels like this year he's, it's starting to click for him. When Dalvin's not a good to go, Madison is a very valuable play. And then the pass catchers, Steelen and Jefferson, still yet to have really good days together. I said on the last episode, I don't think they've had 75 yards in the same game. That continued right. um, with Adam Thielen getting the short end of the stick. So Jefferson had a pretty good day. He didn't end up with a touchdown, but 7 for 124. You can't really be mad at that. Eight targets. Yeah. So I think, as expected for the Vikings, run first offense. Um, everything goes through Madison and Cook, and then Thielen and Jefferson feast off of the uh, the play action and red zone opportunities. So yeah, a little, it's kind of as expected for the Vikings. A little bit of a quiet game for Thielen, but yeah, I hear you. Weapons are still going to be relevant, and Dalvin will probably come back. I'm mean, hopefully next week, but I, it's not looking like he's going to be a super extended absence for him. Uh, on the Lions side of the ball, there was a new wide receiver emerging. As is usual, it seems like a weekly trend for Detroit. Three in a row. <laughs> you know, Quintess Cephas one week, Khalif Raymond, now Amonra St. Brown, whereas there wasn't a wide receiver touchdown to be had. He was the target leader, seven for 65, you know, eight targets. You know, there were some things that were encouraging um, for the Lions. Swift's workload is okay. He He's not you know, falling off the face of the earth, still seeing 11 carries. He still saw six targets, six receptions. You know, he had a touchdown in this game, which definitely helped. Um, it's, it's not like that workhorse role, though. That annoying, nagging Jamal Williams problem on drives where, you, like, you see a running back gash up the middle and, and you know, gouge the defense for 15. You're, you get excited, and then you see, okay, that's Jamal Williams. You're like, yeah, eh, why? It's, I guess it's necessary because, like, it, there have been a few times in the last, like, three games when they'll get into the red zone, they'll give a carry to Jamal Williams, and then I'm like, they're really not going to bring in Swift. And then second, third down, here comes Swift, you know? I always look for that close-up in these games when Jamal Williams gets that first down carry to bring it to, like, second and seven, and then he gets up, shakes himself off, looks over the sidelines, and then he starts jogging over them. Yes. Like, awesome. Here, Here we go. comes All the right. guy with the dark These visor. are the value. These, these are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the guy I want in the yeah. game. Um, they still end up losing because it's Detroit, and they are talented at that. But, man, I can't help but feel for a guy like. For, to feel for a guy like Dan Campbell. Because this guy. Did you see his post game press yeah. conference? The dude just gets choked up because. He get he helped get this team so close, and he knows how much he's pushing this team to get to winning a game. And he just starts breaking down. He cried. He was he started crying because it matters to him. Uh, man. It matters. It matters. He loves that yeah. team, and that's what I love. I love the passion. You could tell. I mean, this guy was the butt of every joke during the off season, and just for him to come out and start, you know, building this. This culture, I love it. This 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 Lions team may not achieve much this year, but I'm excited for the prospect of this team going forward. I think brighter days are ahead. Um, 
tough, tough loss. Losing again on a field goal. Losing sucks, man. But you know what? That's what I hear. That's what they tell me. Don't do it. Let me ask you two questions about this one. Ooh, all right. You, you, you love Dan Campbell. I do. I love Dan Campbell. Um, I think a lot of fans are starting to really like him. Hard not to. Would you be okay with them getting their first win against the Chicago Bears? Are you willing to sacrifice that for the Lions? No. Okay, good Good answer. No. You don't love them that much. I love it. No. Second, Have you seen my outfit? I know, I know. The man loves the Bears. Um, TJ Hawkinson, what are we doing? Oh, you know. Are you still? Tr- I-, I sold high before this game yeah. just on draft capital in the first two weeks and acquired A.J. Brown. That did not work out, but I think A.J. Brown will start to turn it around faster than Hawkinson will. Yeah, I mean, I'm always told you there'd be days like this, and this was a rough one. You know, being three straight, being the only weapon on a bad offense, whereas there it has its merits, it has its reasons you could bring into starting him. To me, I don't. You got to hold because this is not the time. You have to play. Yeah, this isn't the time to sell. You're not going to get the value. I don't know what you can get. Maybe you can sell him for you know maybe a George Kittle. If if the George Kittle owner is hurting if you can get george kittle plus sure um but right now hawkinson and lockett share the uh the three horrible games in a row yeah Um, yeah they do not really surprising because i i hate both of those players so yeah this moving on rough rough game rough (laughs) game steelers and broncos this had some interesting twists and turns the steelers kind of had it in the bag for most of the game, the Broncos were kind of having to play catch up. That's you saw some rushing attempts for the Broncos. Um, it, honestly, watching this game, it really felt like the Broncos could use an intermediate target who can consistently separate. And I don't know who they could possibly bring in to do that, um, unless Jerry Judy happens to you know piece part his ankle back together. Um, it just, it did. It really seemed like a, a game where Jerry Judy would have been used well. And the running yeah. game was kind of game scripted out in the second half. That defense was really looking like it's missing Bradley Chubb. They just could not generate any pressure on Big Ben, which is saying something because that offensive line is Swiss. I mean, my, my main question for this Broncos offense, though, Travis, is is Sutton going to continue this production that he had here? He had, you know, 11 targets, 120 yards and a touchdown. Very nice game. But for a lot of the game, he didn't do much. You know, it, his, a lot of his yeah. production came in the second half when they were forced to push the ball down the field. It, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if you can count on that. You know, not like I said, not a lot of rushing production as well. 17 total carries for the running back split, you know, Melvin Gordon still seeing you know ineffective work, thirty four yards for nine carries. I think Sutton can continue to be a a wide receiver too, a solid a mid level too. Do you think it continues though if Judy returns? You know, coming up in week eight, are you looking to possibly sell high on Cortland Sutton here, or are you holding? Probably holding. It depends on what you could get. I mean, who who are some guys that you could get for Sutton that would be that would offer higher return? A Thielen, a Amari Cooper, you're probably not going to get those guys. Sure. Question. All right, so mate, Sutton goes off here, and this is interesting. Not that I would make this trade, 
But would you offer Sutton to possibly, if there's a team out there that's hurting and a team has Mike Thomas, would you go offer Portland Sutton for Mike Thomas plus? Um, you know, is that no, not yet. Is that something? I wouldn't is, yet. Okay, because we are still a few weeks out from from Mike Thomas coming back. We haven't so heard anything about Michael Thomas in a while. If we were, everything I've been hearing is if I mean, if we were getting back weekend, yeah. But if we were getting weekly, like uh, Thomas has been working out, he's ready to go. Is the second he gets back, they're going to be plugging him in. I haven't heard anything yet. So and right. and this saga has been going on for a while now, not knowing what to trust sure. with Michael Thomas and his camp. So I'm probably going to mm-hmm. wait until I see something that sounds really promising for his health and his comfort mm-hmm. level within the franchise. Yeah, I mean, I can't really blame you. That this isn't exactly a high-powered offense, so I'm kind of with you on the hold. Yeah. Um, but if you can, there there's some names that you might want to bring up later. Um, what happened with the Steelers? Because this this game took a toll on that Steelers offense. I think this is what we were hoping for with the Steelers was twenty plus touches for Najee, Claypool, and Deontay produce one of the receivers starts to fade out and we were all hoping that that would be Juju because we love the other two guys. And unfortunately it's probably a season ending injury uh, from what I read today on Juju. If that's the case, Deontay and Claypool are locked and loaded top 20 to 24 options every week, probably top 15 with how good those guys are. And I think Ben can do enough. Like Ben has taken a lot of heat and he only had to throw 25 passes, 15 completions, and both of these guys, uh, Deontay Johnson and Claypool, gave you really strong days. Deontay, only two catches. One of them was a 50-yard touchdown. But we know him. We know two targets, two catches is not his game. Those eight to ten catch days are coming back. So he bailed right. you out on the long touchdown. Um, take it when you can get it. But Najee Harris, another day, another dollar, another satisfied customer. Yeah. For the Najee drafters, he is looking like a top 10 running back, getting it 22 or 23 on the ground and another two yeah. catches on five targets. He's just a huge part of this offense. So I wish I had more Najee. Um, my fear of rookies in general steered me away from him, but people were deciding between Najee and Eckler, and it turns out sure. they're both great, great players this year. So I was going to say, you probably didn't go super wrong with Najee. Yeah. I don't know about I don't know about Ben sustaining both those guys to be top twenty or fifteen guys. Uh, this like I said, long season, so I have to try to temper our expectations a little bit. In my opinion, I mean, I know I I just feel like they're such boom guys. Like what we saw from Claypool, one thirty in a score. Yeah, that could be Deontay next week. Could be one thirty in a score on eight or ten catches, and then it'll be Claypool the next week. So it's yeah. like. I think average-wise, they'll both be around that 15 just because they're the only two options in town now. Maybe James Washington. Yeah. Maybe he's worth a pickup in deep leagues because with no juju, we have seen Washington have good days. Yeah. We'll, we'll remain, it remains to be seen. We'll see if the Steelers can survive <laughs> without juju. I, I, I like the volume uptick. I think there's something to be said there. The Buccaneers played. And the Dolphins were also there when the when the Buccaneers played. This game got ugly fast in the second half. 
It was a two-score game and a half, and it just continued to get worse. The Dolphins just could not, could not get anything going. Uh, the they couldn't run the ball. I mean, Miles Gaskin, not, you know, relatively ineffective on the ground. Not that they could really keep pace while running the ball. So if since he couldn't cut it as a running back, he decided to submit his resume to be a wide receiver and led the team in targets and receptions. He went <laughs> hired on the spot. He, yeah, they're like, awesome. <laughs> we we like what you can do. You are our number one. Ten targets, ten receptions, two touchdowns, 74 yards, almost 100 total yards. Where I don't. This game was t- totally an afterthought for, for Miles Gaskin, and then he comes in there and just obliterates on your bench, most likely. And, yeah, goodness. He was on my if bench. There is, I mean, I picked if him there up. is a sell-high candidate, but, it is Miles Gaskin. I don't... Okay, I'll sell him. I would sell him. I like the I, I, I don't. I don't like... If you saw his stat line, you would not know that they lost by 30. No. Just based on him alone, <laughs> you'd be like, "Oh, the Dolphins were in but, this." One. I mean, even Brissett didn't play terrible. You know, he left the game for a little bit. He, you know, still threw for two seventy-five and two. They didn't end up having to use another quarterback, so that's nice. It's just there's not there's no one else on this team is usable. Like the question I wanted to bring up is is who can you really trust on this Dolphins team? There's Jalen Waddle. Maybe you can't trust him. The question is surrounding him. Can you use, like, Jalen Waddle was supposed to be the beneficiary of Will Fuller being injured, and now Devontae Parker, you know, leave, you know, not playing. And we, there was a Preston Williams sighting. What, who is the, the weapon? I, I bring up Gaskin as a sell high because usually when there's only one guy, I understand the ball has to go somewhere, but this this is an opportunity to absolutely cash in on the upside that was there initially for Gaskin because I feel like this opportunity isn't going to be the norm for the whole season. It's going to evaporate. Yeah, I think you're probably right. If you can sell high on the, the two-touchdown game from Gaskin, especially in PPR leagues, 10 catches, that's yeah very rare territory for any running back. Um, you don't see that a lot. That's not a top-five guy, so... On the other side, Tampa Bay was as sharp as could be. We knew that an angry Tom Brady is a very dangerous Tom Brady, and he really was. 411 on the uh, 411 passing yards, five passing touchdowns. Antonio Brown was part of the shellacking that you gave me in one of our home leagues. Yeah. (laughs) The seven for 124 and two. Mike Evans also over 102 scores. This is kind of what we predicted, not that it would be Evans and Brown, but that every week one guy's going to get left out. There's just not enough. And and I even in a game where they scored 45 and the receivers caught four touchdowns, somebody got left out. So right. and that's without Gronk there. You add Gronk yeah. to it, it's just going to it's going to make it tougher to predict, but yeah. That doesn't mean don't start them. You're starting all three. You're just Right. It's going to be hard to predict, it but that's an offense where you want him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how is Ronald Jones doing? You know what? He was pretty efficient on his five carries, uh, 21 yards, gave me 2.1 points in a home league in a desperation situation. Good. Good for you, man. I think he's, I really do think he's cuttable at this point. 
they mm. have not shown that I won't do it because I love Ronald. And if something happens to Leonard Fournette, yeah, I think he like, he's getting those fifteen to twenty. But at yeah. this point, if you need to cut Ronald Jones, don't feel bad about it. I, he has a very small role in this offense. I just want you to know that if when you cut Ronald Jones, I'm gonna pick you him will up. Pick him up just out of respect. <laughs> I will drop him shortly after. But I just want you. To know you won't. You will roster will, him and haunt him. me with him. All the way to the Super Bowl. As soon as Leonard Fournette goes down, I, I there's no chance I'm not calling you. I don't care what hour of the day it is. <laughs> <laughs> I will send you every single Ronald Jones highlight. I will send you all the highlight clips, every, every single compilation there is. I will make them myself. Ronald Jones is a good running back. He's just not getting the care. He's not getting opportunities. So Yeah, no, I, I agree. A lot of it's good okay running to move backs on. get five carries for sure. Go ahead and drop that guy. A <laughs> uh, couple running ba- good running backs played in the Saints and the football teams game. Kamara got his normal workload back. The Saints winning this game. This offense continues to perplex me, Travis, because I don't. It, tell me you started Marquez Galloway. No, you didn't. He was on. He was on one of my benches, where, as he should have been. He went off yeah. in this game. He went 485 and two. Jameis Winston, his MO, his his thing is unpredictable and unsustainable. Like this was this this was one of his blow-up games. He'll he'll throw a terrible interception and then make a great play. And you just kind of have to live with it. This has been who he is. I don't know why we thought he was gonna be any different. You know, just because he changed jerseys, you know, they still threw it 30 times. Kamara, again, like I said, 16 carries. He had eight targets. He had a touchdown receiving and rushing. So this was a good get-right game for the offense. You have some, I guess, some intrigue now with the Saints offense. The overarching cloud of Michael Thomas still looms. There's some hope for me because... I've got him in in a very important league, uh, our home league, and I re- <laughs> the only league that matters. yeah I, I need him to produce. I've been kind of targeting him in other leagues as well. Um, what what do you? I, I just are we just kind of wait and see with this offense still at this point? Is Kamara really the only option that you can start, or is this kind of yeah. blip from Callaway now? Because you keep having these pop ups. From you know Deontay Harris, he only had one target, but that target ended up as a 72-yard bomb touchdown. So I think I don't know. I think that says more about the Washington defense than it does about the Saints offense. But is Kamara still the only person you're touching here? Is Callaway still taking up residence in your on your bench, or is this kind of a, oh well maybe he can because he got eight targets and you know two touchdowns? Depends on what kind of situation you're in at receiver, but I think. You're okay to move on to even cut Callaway after a 20 point day going into the bye week. You're only going to get one more, one more um, week of him as the one until Michael Thomas comes back if everything goes as planned. But if you have room for him, keep him. If you don't, if you don't need right. to make room, then hang on to him, play him week seven um, in a desperation situation. I speaking of desperation, I actually started uh, Deontay Harris in two leagues about five minutes before kickoff and 
Nice. Immediately, 72-yard touchdown. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just did this. And then he didn't touch the ball again. You, but he gave you, you he gave you a day's production yeah. Honestly, uh, on the you could, first drive. Yeah. On the other side, Washington, That's all you needed. Man, That's um, all you needed. Antonio Gibson man. gives you two short touchdowns. Those will help save the day when he goes 20 touches for 60 yards. That is, well, 20 on the ground. Um, 20 rushes for 60 yards is not efficient. That is not good for Antonio Gibson owners. But it wasn't like they stopped going to him because he was inefficient. They said, you're our guy. Get it in the end zone. And J.D. McKissick, nowhere to be found. Three touches on the game for seven yards. Adam Humphreys leads the team in yards. What? I feel like somebody made a call about Adam Humphreys having a pretty decent game. Who could have who could have called that? And that was a great call. Great call by you, Dustin. All of you guys that listen and chose to start Adam Humphreys over AJ Brown. Congratulations. Yeah. I he he didn't blow the world up, but he did have a he led the team in yards. Well, we can say that. The biggest takeaway for me is Four or five games in, we have seen nothing from the Washington defense. I don't think that we're going to. Um, it was it was all hype from last year, but if your team is going against Washington, you can expect some pretty good production as opposed to what we were thinking was going to be a pretty stifling defense. Yeah, it they've had some injuries. Don't get me wrong. The the in, the linebackers have kind of not lived up to their. They're billing, I guess. The the secondary is rough. That pass rush still gets home, but not nearly at the at the rate. We're, we'll we'll bring that up kind of in our preview. I've got some things I want to bring up, so stay tuned later this week. But man, you, you hit the nail on the head. This defense. I mean, heck, I know people who drafted this defense in like the the sixth seventh round. Yeah, which it was is supposed insane. to be really good. Don't do that. But yeah, this defense goes early, and then this happens. This is the risk you take because. Even great defenses have bad weeks. This this defense is just slow, slow, slow to to get going. Still long season, so I'm not gonna say there's no chance. But man, uh, rough time, especially when you don't necessarily have an offense that can keep you off the field. So, well, there's there's some questions that need to be answered here, especially getting into the bye weeks. So stay tuned. But nice get right game for Gibson. It, I'll I'll be tuning in to to this week's games. The Eagles and the Panthers played. This game was disgusting. If you started Sam Darnold, um, what a letdown! And DJ Moore. The Eagles' defense kind of perplexes me because they're one week they're great at stopping the run, and then the next week they can't stop the run. It's it's kind of back and forth. I mean, this week they decided, all right, no one's going to pass the ball on us. And Sam Darnold just made some really rough throws. Jalen Hurts didn't pass the ball efficiently. He didn't, he didn't do very well. Only 198, no passing touchdowns and had an interception. You know, Devonta Smith, if you want to call it a, a, the beneficiary of that day, he still had eight targets for 77 yards. The two questions I bring up, and really one of them is just more of a point to focus in on, you can still start Jalen Hurts, which is nice. He still had you know, two touchdowns on the ground and ran for 30 yards. So that alone, great. You know, That type of quarterback, yeah. you drafted him because he can sustain you even when he's not producing well. Um, 
but man, talk about a gut punch each and every week that you're hoping you get production from Miles Sanders. He's not getting the passing work in terms of production, I should say. He still saw five targets, but good for six yards. These are like small dump-offs that are going That's ridiculous. nowhere. And he's going for 11 and 45 on the ground. They're just, even Ken, Kenny Gainwell is going for, you know, two for 16 on the ground. The, the running backs just aren't being used. Uh, they're, they're not seeing the work. And of course you're going to have that with a running quarterback, I guess, but rough sledding, especially with the draft capital you had to use for miles Sanders. On the other side, though, running back is kind of their entire offense, Travis. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard, big day, um, 101 on the ground. You'd love to see that if you are Dustin playing against Travis. Yeah. Um, DJ Moore, no shows, like, unexpected. I was hoping for a pretty good day from DJ Moore, building off of some really good performances, but we did not see it. I think he, he bounces back. You're going to start him each and every week. He's a great, great receiver. We already said brutal for Sam Darnold. Three picks. A lot of people were streaming him after the last few weeks. And then Robbie Anderson yep. is a cut for me. You cannot play him at this point. Yeah. Until he does something. I He had that one decent game. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a stash at the end of your bench. I think for what you paid, you have to keep him. Um, Maybe you wait but, for one of those long yeah, touchdowns uh, to hit, and then you sell him. But yeah, he's you cannot sell him right now. No. Um, I, think they're, I think Sam Darnold will have some chance to get back. The Titans and the Jags played. The Titans have a terrible defense, and the Jags just couldn't exploit it. Um, this was supposed to be a balanced offense for the Titans. Uh, I, we haven't seen that. Even with A.J. Brown coming back, he just couldn't get it going. Only going for three for 38, six targets. This is Derrick Henry's offense. There, there's no mistaking that. He's getting 30 carries a game. You know, e- even you know, in this game where he didn't have to catch any passes, he could keep pace. He could set the pace. Tannehill doesn't have to work too hard. This offense, the weaknesses have not been exploited a ton with Julio missing games, AJ Brown missing him. Granted, they lost to the Jets, which is gross. Um, I, the question I was going to ask, is it too early to panic for Tennessee? Their schedule is what worries me coming up, Travis. They've got Buffalo, Kansas City, and Indy in the next three weeks. And... They are going to have to throw the ball. So my question here is, is A.J. Brown a buy low to you right now with the expected passing work coming up? He is. I put a poll out on Twitter. Do we think that A.J. Brown can turn it around from this point on in the year and still finish inside the top 20 to 24? And the consensus was yes. Um, And I agree with it. He's just such a physical freak of nature. I do not think Derrick Henry can continue to get 30 carries. He can, but I don't think that that's what they want. Probably not. I think when, when Julio comes back and they get into some games where maybe they're not playing the Jaguars and up by 20, like you're talking about with Buffalo and Kansas City, there's going to be some, uh, some real opportunity for A.J. Brown and Julio Jones to get going. So buy low when you, if you can, um, particularly on A.J. Brown. I think some big days are coming. What about the Jags, man? Who who on the Jags are worth looking at? One guy. It's James Robinson. He was a third-round pick after the Travis Etienne injury, and he is currently RB10 overall. He is well worth the pick right now. If you just watch the game, he looks great. 18 for 149 in his score. I wish I had him some somewhere. I did not. I wasn't willing to pay that price, but it, yeah. he is looking like he was worth it. 
And then yeah. LaVisca Chenault, man, we thought this is probably a good game script for him. And I thought so. He had one catch, one long one. But other than that, nothing there for LaVisca. And my question yeah. for you on this one is, would you give up a Swift or a Gibson for James Robinson? Ooh, that's tough. That's really Swift, tough. Swift versus Robinson with, with no split in sight for Robinson. Yeah, oh, man, that's, that's really tough. I, mm, no, I, I don't think I would, to be honest. Oh, gosh, that's, that's so tough. That's so tough because I see it as more of a lateral move, you know. It, it's, it's a 20-touch touch run. Yeah, back. I mean, it's hard to it find. is hard to find, but it's also the Jags, and they don't score a bunch of points. So, yeah, it de- depends on which day you ask me. I, I still love the talent of both those guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to hold heart. those guys, but especially after the weeks that I saw from them. But I see that you, I, they're in the same tier, so I would hold. But yeah. J-Rob, still going to blow up. I like him. Which is a that's a lot higher tier than than either you or I thought Robinson would actually sure. be in this year. For sure, this game, this next game we're going to talk about took me by surprise. The Patriots and the Texans. I thought this was going to be a thrashing. I thought after seeing how they kept pace with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Patriots were going to come in rolling. They did not. Davis Mills looked like the second coming of Peyton Manning in this game. He was just making smart plays. I just look. If you can tell me who on the New England offense is going to be consistent each week, I'm going to call you a liar because it's just there's that's like the name of their game is to not be able to be able to predict anything. Um, you know, Damian Harris uh, salvaged his day with a, a touchdown. Uh, or I'm sorry, he he had a touchdown, but then he fumbled. Uh, who? That was brutal, man. He was going to be a one of those 25 to 30 point performances. It was I think the second quarter he already had a touchdown under the belt and he's on the goal line reaching it out to go from 8 points or 9 points into the 14-15 range yeah. in the first half and it just gets punched out and that yeah, was it. Yeah, and for him. who knows what ramifications that's going to have. Ramondre Stevenson also had 11 carries for 23 gross yards. I'm I'm still staying away. I watched a lot of this game as a as a Houston guy. I'm, I'm not a Texans fan anymore, but right. I watched a lot of this game because I had Harris in a lot of places. Yeah. And Bill Belichick wanted so bad to doghouse Damian Harris. He just couldn't. <laughs> and every time he put somebody else in, he was like, "Crap, he's so yeah. clearly the best guy. We have to go back to him." He kept and so every Harris. T- yeah. Harris came back in. He had he had like another six or eight touches after the doghouse. So he will be fine wow. moving forward. I think every time Harris would go back into that game, I think Bill would whisper in his ear, I don't want to put you in, but I have to. And just <laughs> get him out there. Oh God. What about the yeah. Texans? This is, I, I hate bringing this up every, every single week because it's like, I can't tell you week to week. Oh, you can always start this guy. The only guy we talk about is Brandon cooks. You're not going to start Davis, Davis mills. Are, are you the one quick question that we'll move on. Can you rely on Brandon Cooks moving forward? I want to say yes, but it's looking like it's going to be more of a, a matchup thing. Um, we knew that Be- that Belichick takes away your best weapon. He he took away Cooks pretty much from the start. Five only five targets. It, it there just weren't looks there. But also, 
the Texans and Davis Mills, those plays were really a bunch of broken coverages and weird plays. It yeah. wasn't he was not out there necessarily just carving them up. Right. We I think we can move on. The Bears and the Raiders, this game again, the Bears offense isn't pretty. The Bears won twenty to nine. Nothing happening really that excited you. If anything, it kind of uh made you feel better about the backup op- options. For the Bears running backs, Khalil Herbert didn't look bad. Uh, Damian Williams still got a, a nice workload between the two backs. You saw 34 carries. Khalil Herbert had a little bit more yards, but Damian Williams has the touchdown. Off game for the Raiders, man. They couldn't get anything going. Penalties galore. Josh Jacobs, you know, salvages a day with a touchdown. I mean, what if there's anything that you can take away from either side of this ball, I mean, or any side of this game, it's that. Allen Robinson has absolutely shown that this offense cannot sustain him. Even his talent can't break through right now. It's just he's not getting the work. And the Raiders just look, you know, rough. And I don't think it's going to be getting any better. I mean, is I, what, what, what questions do you have for the Raiders right It's going to be a transition period, obviously, with the, the Gruden news. So it'll be interesting to see what their identity becomes with. The interim head coach, um, do they start to sling it a little more than being the first, I mean, the run first mindset that, that they had wanted to be under Gruden? Maybe they do. Maybe that is a good thing for Waller, who's been quiet the last few weeks outside of that one touchdown. I would, if you can buy low on Waller, I would. I think people are a little bit uneasy with the Raiders right now. Um, and if you've got a tight end like a Dawson Knox, who has had a really good last few weeks, if you can pair him with somebody and get Waller, I would do it. I think better days are ahead for Waller. Um, question for you. Would you give up Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, or Godwin for Waller, um, given the positional advantage that he can give you? Man. if I like, I like what you brought up with Dawson Knox. If you can, get, if you can sell high on a, on a Dawson Knox, then, yeah, I would. I think that consistency is going to be nice. Even on a high-powered offense like the Bills, I think that I think that Darren Waller is a target there. He's going to see the volume there. That's their number one option. So yeah, um, I don't I don't necessarily know about giving up, you know, like a top tier receiver for Waller, just because we don't know what this offense is going to look like moving forward. But yeah, uh, definitely Waller would be a target for me. Just don't see what you could throw out there. Yeah, try to buy low if you can. Um, Browns and Chargers. Browns and Chargers. This was fireworks all over. The field, what just the ending was fun. The the play calling and the the rhythm of the Chargers is now going to be fun and relevant for fantasy. And if you love stats, listen to Brandon Staley. You know, give his interview. This dude is a fantasy. You know, he's great. He's just in the mindset that we like to see for fantasy. Going forward on fourth down all the time. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, you called a breakout for Nick Chubb, and he delivered one sixty and one, and You'll love to see this for the big pieces, Kareem Hunt and Chubb being the big pieces. Uh, they're startable in this game, both getting you know a touchdown or two. Uh, really, all the weapons that you were looking for, other than Odell, pretty much, um, delivered in this game in some capacity. Keenan Allen going for six, you know, six for 75. Mike Williams absolutely eviscerating people. Continues to have just a monster year. 
I don't. I, I can't doubt him anymore at this point, man. Yeah, no, you cannot. He's the number one receiver in fantasy right now. Just incredible. And who didn't see the breakout coming for David and Joku? <laughs> uh, going for one forty nine and one. I, jeez. I mean, that's just. We've seen this before from Cleveland featuring a tight end as their number one option. I don't know what you do with Odell, man. At this point, that's a question I'm left to ask. Something must not be right. I mean, when you're the fifth option in the passing game and you're the, the clear most talented receiver in the group, something must, must not be right for him. Um, yeah. They've been pretty hush on what it could be, but he's not the same Odell. He's just not. We're going to have to accept that. I would try, try to move him on his name while you can and see what for you sure. can get. But I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be. Justin Herbert, nuclear. Um, Eckler, such a baller. Sixty-six on the ground. Quack quack. I like to say that when there's a back-to-back number. Fifty-three through the air, and three more touchdowns to his total. Beautiful game, making him the number two overall running back in fantasy football right now. Crazy. Keenan Allen was okay. He's not going to be the Keenan of old of what we've been used to for the last four or five years with Mike Williams disappointing over that stretch. Keenan always met our expectations. I think I'm not going to say Mike Williams is the, is the one on that team. He had 16 targets <laughs> because I still think, yeah, I still, I feel like Keenan is the leader of that group, but I think what we're seeing right now from Mike Williams, they have no reason to not keep doing what they're doing because it's working. They're four and one. So they have a they have a great uh a great culture going on over there. Yeah. Chemistry over there is incredible. That's gonna be fun to watch. For sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean this other game. No defenses to be game. found in that one though. I, I, I don't know what's <laughs> going on with Cleveland defense in that one. Well, I mean high powered offense. Uh, yeah. sometimes offense just wins. And that's we'll okay. Take the shootout in fantasy. I like it. You like to see it more. One game wasn't a shootout. One one team shot. In the Giants and the Cowboys, the Cowboys absolutely put up the kind of points that you hope for from this offense. The Giants the got Gi- shot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it, it seemed like any time there was a weapon, it was, it was used to shoot the Giants. The <laughs> Injuries my everywhere. My goodness. Daniel Jones being knocked out with a concussion. Saquon Barkley just could not avoid that injury bug. And so you're looking at Devontae Booker. You're looking at Mike Glennon. Gross. You've got Kadarius Tony now, who apparently is an amateur boxer, and <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand. Really good. He looked really good, and then like I don't know you. I if you would have asked me, I would have thought that he would have knocked out Deontay Wilder. You know, I don't know. Saquon's going to be out for a while. I you know Deontay Booker's going to be a target on the waiver wires. This offense is going to be almost untouchable if Danny Dimes isn't able to come back. I. That's that's kind of my takeaway. The only intrigue point here would be one uh, Tony because he's apparently going to be the only weapon available if he's if he's not going to be knocked out with this ankle issue that he might have. So keep an eye on that. But Sterling Shepard's still banged up. Darius Slayton out. It's it's Evan Ingram if he's healthy and Kadarius Tony. Tony had 189 yards on 13 targets. So. Broke Odell's record. Yeah, broke Odell, and he's a rookie. So stash him, start him if you need to during these bye weeks. But that's the only that that's as far as the the advice goes 
it's Booker too. Yeah. Booker, I think you might be able to use, but yeah, I, this offense, I don't think I would touch it, especially with Mike Glennon leading it. The the I don't think much changes for the Cowboys either. Uh, no, Dak had a a quiet three hundred yard three touchdown day. Zeke looks like a clear RB one, isn't that right, uh, Mister Tony Tony Pollard truther? You know, uh, Zeke's got a banged up knee, sir. So. Don't make me snap my fingers in the Z formation. You know, I think you texted me before the game on Sunday, or maybe it was Saturday, saying, oh, look at Zeke. This is starting with his knee. And then Zeke says, all right, here's 110 and a score on the ground for you. I I like to create a little bit of drama. I like to create a narrative that, look, the end is nigh. Especially when it makes my you're man, pick you're manifesting good. Tony Pollard to of, be a featured back in this offense. It's not going to happen. Tony Pollard still saw 18 touches. Like he does, he runs really well. I, I'm a fan of his. He's just not the alpha. He's There's explosive. no way. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I we we talked about it before, and then you know we can kind of touch on it a little bit. But we, he's going to be usable. He's just like Kareem Hunt. He's going yeah. to approach that startable. And when I said he can win you your league, he is a starting running back. You did not think you were going to get. You know, yeah. when you drafted you're, him. You're so, right. So keep keep starting him. Keep starting Zeke. This offense going is going to be great. CD Lamb, thank you for showing up again. Yeah, CD and Cooper, both pretty good days. And then last point on the Cowboys, Dalton Schultz is not a flash in the pan. I think he, like Dawson Knox, is one of the breakouts that we didn't see coming. We were hoping for a repeat for Tunyon and Higby, and that has not been the case. It is Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox. Cowboys looking strong, man. Uh, the Dark Horse Super Bowl pick of mine. I think they can make it to the Final Four and, and make a run at it. 49ers and Cardinals. What do we got, Niners? Oh, gosh. That was a stinker of a game, man. Uh, this, what I wanted Trey Lance to be, I, it's like it, you went too hard into the Lance. You went too hard. Yeah. You, I mean, 16 carries for 89 yards. That's good for fantasy. You know, he probably didn't set your team on fire from the start you got, but he threw no touchdowns. You know, it's like that that scene from from Billy Madison. I award you no points, and may God have mercy <laughs> on your soul. He didn't kill your team, but he didn't score a touchdown. He threw a, an ugly pick. He just looked like he was well a rookie. He looked like he didn't know ready. exactly. He was thinking too much. He wasn't reacting. So, uh, I think you might have to hope that Jimmy G gets healthy soon because the weapons around Trey Lance are going to suffer. The only person that I feel comfortable starting when Trey Lance is starting is Trey Lance if I need someone because Debo, you know, only going three for 58. Jeez, they're giving Hughes check, you know, three tar- or three carries or receptions, rather. You know, one weapon did look good in this game, though, for the 49ers, and that's Elijah Mitchell. He had nine carries, and on those carries, he looked explosive. He, yeah, had, he, uh, he had a couple targets, and it looks like he's a... a, a Release valve for this offense for Trey Lance. I think he likes him as well. They want to get the ball to Elijah Mitchell and Sermon only seeing one other carry. I I like the outlook for Mitchell, especially when Jimmy G returns. Uh, The Cardinals. I would buy low. I would buy low on Mitchell Uh, on 43 yards. I think that's as low as he's going to be if healthy for the foreseeable future. If you can, if you can absolutely go out and buy, buy Mitchell, maybe they're not, sold that he's going to get the workload. So go out, see what you can get for him. Uh, Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals, man. Uh, This offense did not put up the high-flying numbers that I thought they would. 
Yuck. Kyler Murray did not have a an MVP caliber caliber game. Your nope. call on MVP uh, helps me a little bit with Stafford. I think Stafford <laughs> came right back in the race with Kyler having a dud of a game. But moving on, James Conner gets another touchdown, making it five on the year. Um, yeah. on pace for 18 to 20 touchdowns. Right, and he'll definitely get that because, <laughs> uh, because of math, obviously. Yeah. Just um, these Vintage DeAndre man. Hopkins, easy 87 yards and touchdown. Question is, can Chase Edmonds and Connor both finish inside the top 25 as they are both currently RB2s? No, I don't think they will. Um, Who fades out? Goodness, I... I hate to say it, but I think I think Edmonds might actually end up fading out. I, I don't think, think so. I don't think his role is going to phase out. I think that his production, because there's going to be times when this offense gets in the red zone and he isn't. Those touchdowns are just so valuable. As much as I hate to say it, I think we've Connor, seen Cliff Kingsbury like you're like you're gonna say Kingsbury has yeah. shown we brought Connor here for this role yeah. and we're going to use him for it. He is their vulture back, and that's what they're going to use him for. Kyler Murray will get his rushing touchdowns, but James Conner, I think, could approach you know ten to a dozen touchdowns this year. That's not a joke, yep. and nothing's going to really slow down this offense that much. So keep an eye on it. But uh, James Conner, value. Uh, I maybe even think about buying him because I think that I think you're not going to have to give up that much. Yeah. Um. Let's let's end it on this this matchup because this this matchup was a ton of fun to watch. If you're a Bills fan. The Bills and the <laughs> yeah. Chiefs. My goodness, Travis. This t- I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go all in on the Bills. This team is winning the Super Bowl. Like at what what do you wow. what, what gets? I'm changing. Yeah, at, they're not my they're not a dark horse pick. It's not like they're the best team playing right now. But this defense is playing. They're the best defense in the league. The You're offense, just calling it how it is. Is exactly. I'm just I'm seeing what I'm seeing, and I'm. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to call, it's not really my shot, but there's weapons all over. They're not, they're not having, if you take Stefan Diggs away, you're already taking him away. And then Emmanuel Sanders kills you or Cole Beasley cuts you from underneath. You know, Gabriel Davis is a weapon that can streak up and down the field. Dawson Knox is now contributing and being consistent. The running backs are enough to sustain. And then you've still got your number one running back in Josh Allen, who can also give you three fifteen and three through the air. So, you tell me, Travis, who, especially, they're not losing anytime soon. They get Tennessee next week, and Tennessee's not stopping anyone. The que- I guess one question you could have is when is Diggs going to be Stefan, you know, first round, second round Diggs that you were hoping to get? You know, my question here. I don't I'll, think I'll you're going to get it. I don't think they have to do that. It, yeah, and that's kind of where I'm left at. I don't think that you're having to rely on Stefan Diggs to be that wide receiver to give you 150 and one each week, which kind of sucks. And that's not because of the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. It's just the involvement of this offense. Josh Allen is so comfortable going. Yeah. (laughs) The the evolution. (laughs) The evolution. Oh, that's a good one. We got to save the the evolvement of this offense. The evolution of Josh Allen (laughs) and how comfortable he looks. It's like, He's just begging you to take somebody away because he'll go anywhere else and get them wide open between the numbers or yeah. he'll take off and hurdle you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I, you the, need? On the t- <laughs> you need what? the Bills defense. <laughs> we need some involvement from the Chiefs because 
Goodness, this is some man. sloppy, sloppy football. They need to make some adjustments. I think they will. Andy Reid is too good not to. Mahomes is too talented. This Clyde Edwards weird, hurt. Weird stat. The quarterbacks for each team were the leading rusher and passer for, for each team. This is a weird yeah, stat. I, but, but Allen's were, they were so different. Allen's were they like, were. I'm coming to win the game, and I'm running when I need to. Whereas Mahomes was like, there's nothing there. I yeah. have to just take this and try to get the first down. Uh, like I yeah. said, Clyde hurt. I don't know if that hurts or helps Patrick Mahomes because their running game is going to take a hit, but they're going to be forced to throw more. Um, and then Hardman <laughs> leading the team in catches, just like we thought. Travis Kelsey, pretty quiet. Yeah. Tyreek Hill, very quiet. Goodness. I don't know. I, the, the, the Chiefs will find answers. They're going to be there yeah. at the end. Um, they're too good not to, but. They're in a rut right now, and if you're heavily invested in Chiefs in a week like this week, you could pay the price and get boat raced by your opponent. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Right now, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or James Conner? Given that Clyde is hurt, uh, if someone comes to you and says, "I'll give you," it depends two. on what your record is. It depends on what your record is. If you sure. if you're three and two or four and one. I'm waiting on, on Clyde because the news was actually pretty positive today. They said a couple weeks with mm-hmm. a knee sprain. It's not as serious as they initially thought. Right. If you are two and three, one and four, mm-hmm. I would go get Connor because you need, you got to get wins now. If someone you offers you go one and five. Connor and like Gaskin for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you taking that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because there's two guys that have the chance to to give you weekly production, whereas Clyde, you're probably waiting two or three weeks, and that's an eternity sometimes in fantasy football if you had a a, a slow start through five weeks. Yeah, definitely something to, with bye weeks coming up, and you got these injuries to Montgomery, Ceh, stuff like that. Definitely yep. trade targets, especially if you're well ahead in the league. These are the trade scenarios you look for and that you try to take advantage of, especially if you're deeper. Man, what a week. What a week to, to break down, yep. man. Absolutely. Was, there was a lot of fantasy points scored this week. A lot yeah. of huge scores. For sure. And then For finishing sure. it off tonight with Lamar going over 40, Andrews yeah. going over 35. A lot of people won their, their miracle on a Monday night matchup. Yeah. A reminder to people, though, um, just a, a quick thing. Check your waiver wire for a couple names. Uh you know, Devonta Booker, like we said, Khalil Herbert's a name to pick up if no one's got him. Rashad Bateman is going to be coming back soon. Just a wait a bench stash if he's not already picked up in your league. Um, just just a few names. Darrell Williams, like like we said, CEH being out. They've got to have a running back on the field. So he had a an okay showing in his minimal work. So if you lost Russell names. Wilson, um my first go to is Heineke versus Kansas City. Yeah. KC has given up top three quarterback in four out of five yeah. weeks so far this year. So That's he's going to be a very, a very strong streamer. Um, and then Geno Smith, I guess if you had Russell and Heineke's taken, it's, if it's a deep league, you know sure. that he's going to be a starting quarterback with, with strong weapons. So you could probably do worse. Yeah, two quarterback league, why not? That, that's good. You got anything else, man? I have a ponder as you wander. It's going to be a new segment for us where I give you a quote of the week. Interesting. Thursday, okay. Thursday is the uh, 
the Would You Rather. So Monday, I will just give you a quote to finish the show. Hit me with it, man. The ponder as you wander for week five is, Behold, the turtle on the fence post, for he did not get there by himself. <laughs> All right. Think about that as you wander on through the, through week, uh, the start of week six. I like it. I'm going to have to give that one some thought. <laughs> I'm going to have to give that one. I don't think much on turtles, but interesting What about way. ones on fence posts? <laughs> yeah, no joke. All right, guys. That was week five recap. We've got week six coming up. Check your schedules. Check the buys. Check waiver wires. See what people are having to deal with as the bye weeks approach. Be prepared. Hopefully, you're keeping on that waiver wire. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Losing Sucks Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Losing Sucks.